Okay, so everyone, welcome to Media Club. And on Media Club Days, we go over and do deep dives on very particular genres, types, forms of media consumption. And today is a very special day because unbeknownst to Calvin, he shall be doing the intro. Calvin, go now, intro. Uh, man, this show is super weird. Uh, welcome, <laughs> <laughs> welcome to uh, this podcast is for nerds. Uh, for anyone that's watching the video form of the podcast, we'll have some video from the show um, playing as well, along with our thoughts. Um, so this is uh, this podcast is for nerds. Uh, every two weeks we do a media club, and Zach recommended this fucking show. Um, <laughs> A very formal intro for the, for the show. Um, yeah, so... Oh, yeah. So we watched Puella Magi Madoka Magica. Am I saying that right? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't actually know the proper pronunciation. I just know that this is a crazy-ass anti-magical girl show. And... You can't say hi right now, but I'm doing a story of us right now as we're recording. Some extra intro content for all the fans checking it out. What's up with the stories to make it more interactive? Go follow <laughs> us on this podcast is for nerds. Google it. We're on everything. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're probably hanging outside barbecuing with our mask on six feet apart for social distancing. That's right. Get man. up on it. This is this podcast is for you. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> all right weirdly i don't know if you listen to the, the pronunciation, I just <laughs> and now i'm hearing the story in the background um i don't did you listen to the xbox episode because that one did weirdly well for our standard uh uh metrics so I, you know what i purposely didn't so i didn't listen to it and i think i didn't want to throw off our metrics so i didn't listen to it i try to give myself at least two weeks once they air before oh, okay. I listen to it, because in the beginning, <laughs> it was you and I, and maybe like people who love us, yeah. and you know, if I that. didn't, I didn't want to uh, to skew that uh, at all. I wanted to like you know give some time to percolate. All right. Well, yeah. Weirdly, it, it did weirdly well. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, if we have somebody that's that's now a fan, um, please uh, follow us on Twitter at this pod is the number four nerds and on Instagram at this pod is for nerds. Um, I'm pretty sure we have an email too. Um, and I think it's this pod is for nerds at Gmail. So maybe, um, if you want to send in recommendations for what we should talk about or send us questions for a particular episode, you can hit us up there too. And I um, will say that Tuesdays and Tuesdays and Thursdays, I will dedicate all of my online time to the socials. That way we just keep on keeping on. You know, I feel like that's what's important in the beginning stages to interact with everyone. And we're going to do a lot more of that. So be prepared for Tuesdays and Thursdays. This podcast is for nerds will be for you. This pod is for you. We're going to start adding more artwork, more food recommendations, more random nonsense from Calvin and I just... Whenever I'll, I'll probably send him a weird text and then post that. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> These things. I, I hope you do. <laughs> um, yeah. So this this week's media club was Puella Magi Madoka Magica, which was Zach's recommendation. Um, and as I recall, you pitched it 
I think it was kind of supposed to be in line with what we did for the last media club, which was um, Doki Doki. And um, I think that's a fair, fair comparison <laughs> as far as I think the genre is typically a very uh, lighthearted one. And this series definitely turns it on its head. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it and I'm really shocked. I'd never heard of it because apparently it's like a very, like in the world of anime, it's very important. So, um, it's, it's kind of weird because when I found out about it, it was after the story had finished and I think two or three of the OVAs had come out. So it'd been around for quite a minute before I actually like watched it myself. And I think, the name and everything about it turned me off to everything and i was like well, i'm not gonna watch this this is ridiculous i think it's after someone had recommended um the little witch academy to me oh yeah and i had I was, watched that before and i to be fair i didn't like it but no me either okay, I was like, cool. okay this is this is cool <laughs> i just i'm not into this and i think when i saw this after trying to watch little witch academy i was like i'm not really down with this and then i watched it and i was like oh holy shit was i wrong <laughs> yeah um so let's do a, a quick quick rating and if you'd recommend it and then we'll we'll dig into spoilers because there's definitely a discussion that needs to be had and it's a pretty complex show <laughs> um so i would give it a th- uh 3.5 out of 5 i think okay. um i really enjoyed it um, and this is made by the same guy that wrote the first season of Psychopaths. So, um, if also you, another great one, which we probably should. Oh yeah, yeah. Psychopaths is amazing. Um, so if you like that show, I think you might enjoy this. Um, I, I th- also I think if you liked the last show we the last anime Zach recommended we watch, which was uh, It Invaded. Um, I think you'd really enjoy this too because it's visually um, very psychedelic in a similar similar vein. So yeah, I think that's the part that kind of pulled me in before I realized how totally fucked the storyline was. Was <laughs> that it threw me off? I didn't. It it had the exterior, but then it brought in and I, you picked some great scenes to go over for this. By the way, for the visual aspect, this is fantastic. Oh, this. So I pulled this from uh, a YouTuber. I will shout him out in the comments. But this is his review of the series. So I don't want to take any credit for it. But we will give him give him oh, credit. The scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we should probably. I don't know, like where spoilers start coming in so we should wrap up and then get into spoilers you know what? I will, let's let's say this and we'll 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 caption this everywhere too we'll put it out there and make it very well known any media club episode is going to be a spoiler of something oh definitely like it don't come in please do not come to this episode with like oh they're gonna do the usual nonsense to give a take on their favorites no this is spoiler <laughs> city yes. that'll, be the, that'll be the hashtag never spoiler <laughs> city you might get nursing. you might get two minutes uh, without spoilers. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what, what's your review, Zach? What would you? Uh, what would you? Four read? out of five. All right. Um, um, I think it? I would recommend it for sure, especially for those who grew up loving the Magical Girl kind of animes. Oh, interesting. I feel like one thing that annoyed me as I grew up is that those kind of animes don't. 
not that they don't bring in attention, they just don't age well with reality of life. Yeah. And I feel like there are people like I get it if you go back and still you still watch Sailor Moon or um Slayers and it's like comfort food, that's one thing. I totally get that. But I can't watch Sailor Moon. Like I know Sailor Moon and Card Captor Sakura have recent versions, but it's also like okay. I I don't know. I don't want it to be completely mind fucking like what you did to me last time, but I feel like you did that though. I'm just, <laughs> I don't it, know. Did I? It, it, it definitely felt, I mean, it was super intense. Um, and I think it was very complex. I think it was a mind fucking that way. Probably. Yeah. I think the probably not, not say, as bad as mine. I think the one thing I will say about why I gave it a four out of five, we'll get into more when we get closer to the ending. Okay, because that's that's where it was still really good, but as a particular like fan, I think I mentioned this before. I don't particularly like how stories end in certain ways. So yeah. Okay, well let's um, let's get into it. So I want your first impressions. You recorded me last time. I I forgot to tell you to record <laughs> yourself. Yeah, but I definitely your first did not impression do that. Sitting down, what were your, when you saw the art? What was your thoughts? Um, so the original, I mean, it's, I don't think like for me, shit doesn't really pop off until like episode three. Um, I think stuff starts getting really crazy. Um, so visually I wasn't like super impressed, but I I did also didn't realize how old this anime is. It's, it's a decade old at this point. So, um, Visually, like it wasn't like anything breathtaking, but it wasn't bad either. And then, um, episode three is kind of when things like when they <laughs> get into the labyrinth, um, and it's like a whole other world. It felt like the Id Wells from when we watched It Invaded for me. Um, I was really blown away. It's so complex, and I just can't fathom how much work went into this show that we only got one season of um but you know that's 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 a lot of animes is usually like a a one one off um which i appreciate um yeah that's kind of that's kind of where i was on the visuals i they really grew on me as the show went on i think because it just got more and more complex and crazy especially with the um time travel element yes yeah um which was a huge mind fuck for me um i feel like i saw some of the stuff coming um but that one really really shocked me the time travel thing yeah when they got into the different versions of that in which um homer experienced and i just just her character overall i think it's crazy because you go into the story thinking this is going to be about the title girls we've opened up modoka in a way it is but it's not it's really about homura and how she evolves yeah. over countless times of watching her friends die countless times like losing and how she starts off as a super timid girl in the beginning and then comes back around to being like <laughs> this uh i hate this term but god tier wizard and it's yeah, still figuring it out a way a sorry go ahead yeah no it's just still just trying to find a way to like bring Madoka back and it's crazy because you see these images and you see like the one just the scene we just saw right now before the time travel aspect I mean all of this was 
<laughs> this is the playback right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is all technically time travel. I my my original thought, and I wish I had started off with this, was I never expected this anime you recommended me to be a sci-fi time traveling Kantian ecological like thriller. <laughs> it it has a lot of elements to it, man. Like this show's surprisingly deep. Um and I still love Cube. I, I really don't care. <laughs> oh, you're a bastard. <laughs> Cube is uh, chaotic neutral. I respect it. I, re- I respect the uh, Kantian uh, way of thinking. Um, so, yeah, uh, a philosophy. So, um, yeah, that was super weird. Uh, I just like it, it felt like the ball started rolling in episode three. And it felt like every time there was just like more and more like being unraveled. We learned more and more about like what these girls had signed up, signed up for. And uh, it's super crazy. So um, maybe let's just kind of do like a brief overview and then we can cut into like our favorite moments. Yeah, Um, I'm down. (laughs) So it takes place in a fictional city. Um, I don't have the, the name of it here on me. Oh, um, um, fictional city of Mitakihara. Yeah, nah, sorry. You're close. Mitakihara. Yes. Um, it's working. I've actually been working on my Japanese, and that's that's trash. No, that was, that was good. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so yeah, it's uh, so it's centered at the beginning, at least for the most part. The show is centered around um, eighth grader Madoka Kaname, and um, this it starts with a dream that she has um, and she sees this girl um, and so she's like, oh, that was was a weird dream and she goes to school and come to find out this girl, uh, Homura Akemi, I think is her last name. Um, I'm so bad with these animes. No, you're good. I I just looked at this too and I just said this completely wrong. It's Akihara. That's, I don't know oh, what the hell the I said city. earlier, but that was not it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, she, she, uh, she, she meets this girl that was in her dream and she's super weirded out by it. And, um, so she's kind of taking her around the school cause she's a new kid and she seems to know everything about her, which is super weird. Um, and I think, doesn't she tell her to be like very careful about accepting like uh, somebody like to grant their wish? Doesn't she say that in the like the first episode? Yeah, yeah which is super when crazy. She, when she meets her, she basically keeps telling her um, without saying it, "Don't become a magical girl." Yeah, and you know, Madoka's like, "What's going on? How did you know that?" But it's kind of funny because you think about it. This touches time travel, but it's also alternate reality because. Technically, Madoka's power, or not Madoka, technically Homer's power is reversal, not necessarily time travel. Oh, right, because there are just a bunch of alternate... But, it, I mean, aren't they timelines, though? They're aren't, timelines, like, but it's like she jumps between each different timeline, and that, like... Oh, I see. Because every oh, time so she, she doesn't back, actually go back in time in her in her universe she goes back to a different one well it's like the multiverse theory each time you jump back you create a new branch so right. in a way she's just creating new branches each time 
I see. has memory has memory of each branch, but she's the only one who has memory because of her power. Oh man, and it was crazy because even Cubay didn't even know that. Like Cubay was like, "What the hell? Like, how do you know about me? And why are you trying to get in my way?" Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just want to go back. There's like a moment in here. It's just so visually stunning. Um. So yeah, so she she basically tells her, "Don't become a, a magical girl." Um, and like She's watched her die at least 30 times at this point. Like, yeah, the transformation of, of Homura from like the meek girl to like literally the battle hardened warrior that she is when you first see her, she's literally doing everything she can to not have Madoka become a magical girl because she doesn't want to see her friend die anymore. And of course, she has no idea this is like this has happened, right? And she also can't like she tries to not reveal herself. To the other magical girls too because it would corrupt the timeline because she's already like tried every way possible to save her friends and each time it just goes out and turns to dog shit each time <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's terrible um and but at that point we don't know this as as viewers uh, right but then there's a moment um where uh Kube appears and homura uh kills it right <laughs> Yeah, she shoots him. Yeah, Kubei <laughs> so gets, gets murked a few times actually in the show. At this point, you know she's Homer has been able to stockpile everything. It's weird because every time she goes back, she's able to save and stockpile ammunition all across the city to get ready to fight this. So basically, the girls when they become, when they get magical powers, they get handed an egg, which Kubei gives them in exchange for magical powers. Unfortunately, what they don't understand is that that egg is their soul and if they lose it they'll literally just die and each monster that they go and fight it corrupts their soul a little bit and where we get into the weird loop of all this is every monster they're fighting is another magical girl whose soul got corrupted by fighting monsters and all of the energy that's been on fighting Hubei and his race are using to like power their society so he is a constantly regenerative cycle that he's been causing to make this happen. And so since Madoka is said to be the strongest magical girl in existence, when she gets defeated by something and her heart becomes corrupted, she summons the, like basically the, the world ender monster uh, mage, while Pervish not, which is a German term. I forgot what it means, but I think it's witch's night and people can go ahead and quote me and tell me I'm wrong, but I know not is night, and I think Walpurgis yeah. is Walpurgis is witch. Um, and this is what Homer has been trying to avoid because that's basically the witch that Cubase Q- people or anim- existence is or whatever the hell this thing is on the screen right here <laughs> <laughs> will use to like basically eat the earth. And so Homer has been fighting this cycle, and you know I think a couple of times it even showed that she told Madoka about it and tried to like get her to not do it and at the last minute when it showed both of them dying at one point Madoka kind of gave Homer her last life energy and said no go try again and again Homer had to watch her friend die and this scene that scene was crazy if you can go yeah. back to that so if you're not watching this on YouTube you definitely should because it'll make a lot more sense of the references that we're making right now but <laughs> that scene visualized Homer having to watch her lose Madoka like repeatedly and that was nuts yeah yeah that I think that was the hardest part for me and it's it's something I struggle with with anime when they're not grounded um like traumatic events like that and the the first big one 
being uh mommy so yeah um, fuck dude that one like i literally stopped and was like wait what the hell just happened yeah i didn't see that well i i knew something bad was gonna happen but i didn't know that that was gonna happen so oh, yeah uh, mommy t- was in there kicking ass and stumbling and rifles and everything like yeah so basically what happens is um the so madoka has this friend named uh sayaka and um they meet this girl named mommy who introduces herself as a magical girl she's got like six rifles that she just shits out anytime she battles which is super cool <laughs> like they just appear out of her dress it's super weird um but she offers to show them what it's like to be a magical girl and um they enter this labyrinth and she ends up fighting this witch which is like a giant caterpillar right i think that's Mm -hmm. what it is and um so this is in episode three and basically it's seeming like they're gonna pair up and and these girls are gonna sign up to be magical girls with her and things are gonna be great and then she gets her fucking head bitten off by this giant witch caterpillar and uh and that's like that's the end of the episode yeah <laughs> and so, it's, one, it's the thing too where like they play the music as if it's the finisher move or they get you they, they evoke all the old feelings you thought of when your hero was about to win and then no yeah. sorry yeah do not pass go and i'm sorry but you do not collect two hundred dollars <laughs> exactly yeah so so for me with these these animes and I, I will say there's there's some sexualization of these eighth and ninth grade girls which kind of weird me out um it, it happens in the intro and it happens kind of at the end of the show where they're just like naked um i mean anime does this all the time it was so. funny until like right now when i saw that i forgot about that and it's yeah, it's 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 pretty weird. Um, no, it's definitely weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I, I have a hard time connecting with shows like this um, where it's not grounded and traumatic events happen. Um, like Your Lie in April is more my my style of like trauma based anime because it's it seems real. But th- I think the show did a really good job of of. Um, making the viewer feel what the characters are going through, especially Homura near the second half of the show and Madoka as she struggles to figure out whether or not she wants to be a magical girl or not. Um, so, yeah. Um, this is Psychopath, by the way. It is, yeah, because this is the writer for the show. I think oh, gotcha, this is okay. another review of... Um, of the show and um yeah so i think they were just using it as a comparison so this scene uh, (laughs) i can't can't keep doing this uh but there's there's a there's a scene and it's when we kind of realize what that little uh gem they're getting or stone they're getting is um they get these stones when they turn into into these magical girls and when they kill witches it, it keeps them pure it's kind of a vicious cycle but there is a moment where Sayaka is is kind of fucking around, um, and she she turned herself into a magical girl just so that she could get this boy his hands back, um, so he could play violin again. And, and mind uh, you, once he feels better, he's a dick and like ignores her. Yeah, which well, apparently in every timeline, 
that Psyched makes this idiotic decision, she turns pretty dark pretty fast because he doesn't reciprocate her her love or feelings. So yeah, yeah, and she so she kind of loses it um, because a mutual friend of theirs starts going out with him. Um, and this is another scene, um, where she's, she's just kind of completely lost all emotion. Um, and QBA kind of recommends, oh, you got to do something kind of crazy to snap her out of it. So, um, Madoka comes up with the idea of taking that stone from her when she's about to battle somebody and she throws it onto a passing truck and Sayaka just kind of like becomes... I mean, essentially, like, a, in a, she gets into a vegetative state, I guess, is the best way to describe it. And, and that's Kyobe when we using look. his, like, manipulative powers, like, hey, how would a rude thing of you to do to throw your friend away like that? And Madoka's like, what do you mean throw my friend away? I tried to use her from using her power. And he's like, ha ha, you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that is not what that was that you just threw. And we, we come to find out when you're away from your stone, um, you basically become nothing. You're kind of useless. And then she ends up turning into a witch, as I recall. Um, so yeah, super, super depressing, um, stuff. She, she kind of has a meltdown about it. And like, I will say the parents are very fucking casual about <laughs> their eighth, about their eighth grade daughter being missing because they like, they get her out, like her body out of the labyrinth, but like, there's nothing they can do. And so like, people are asking Madoka, like, do you know, do you know where your friend is? Sayaka's like your friend. <laughs> do you know where she is? And she says no. And the parents don't seem to care. It's very weird. Um, I think that was part of her thing too, is that she, that boy that she made the wish for was really the only person that she had. Yeah. That felt like she could connect to. And, yeah, and and as I recall, doesn't um, Homura warns Sayaka about doing this? She does. And I, I th- at, at that moment, we don't realize it's because Homura has watched her make this mistake uh, countless times. So the show's the show's very complex and deep in that way, um, and I really appreciate it for that. Um, I do have like. I do have a gripe with some of the character, like one character in particular that they introduce, um, Kyoko. Um, I really like that character, but I feel like we get like five minutes of backstory that seem really interesting. And I would love like, I, I, and I haven't watched the uh, OVAs for it, so I don't know if they, they dive into it more, but like, I would love to learn more about like her father who was a preacher um and like you know how she's like fighting the witches behind the scenes and he's doing it in in his sermons and stuff like i would love to see more of that and i just feel like that character feels kind of hollow um just because we don't know and we don't get as much time with her so i feel like that's I fair. Need... they didn't touch on that nearly as much um she kind of she was kind of like <sighs> The hothead. She was the, she was like Vegeta. She was the hothead protagonist who was kicking everyone's ass, but really had like a heart of gold. And you, yeah. she wasn't the main point. And Homer was the one who's really just sniping people. So, you know that you know it's. She became kind of a, a throwaway character, I think, at some point. Yeah, which is a bummer because I think 
I mean, if you're going to have an anime with, um, you know, five magical girls and one of them is not used as much, it's it seems like a waste. Um, one thing I thought that was interesting they brought up, I think it was Madoka who asked, the Madoka this round, the Madoka we see, starts asking Kyubei more serious questions about like, oh, did you know about this? Why would girls choose to do this? And before mommy passed away, she asked mommy like, hey, like, why would you ever sign up for this? It's this, you know, this is like a prison. And mommy was, you know, the, we find out about mommy's backstory is that she was actually in a really ter- bad car accident where she lost her parents. And she was clinging to life, and Kyubei gave her an option to basically either die there or become a magical girl. And Mommy was like, well, it's not, you know, so straightforward for everyone. You know, I wanted to live, ironically. Even understanding what was going to happen to her in the future. Right. Yeah, I um, I think that's... I think think Mommy was... (laughs) Which kind of furthers my, like my distaste for how they they did kyoko because we lose mommy pretty early in the series i mean her character is killed off three episodes in and we get kyoko for pretty much the entirety of the show um she comes in a bit a bit later but we we do get her for most of that season um yeah i mean i think i i and I, I reiterated, or I guess I'm going to reiterate what I said at the beginning was I, I like this show for the same reasons I enjoyed It Invaded. It's visually stunning. Here's your favorite um, scene. What's that? Here's your favorite scene. It is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, oh, that bread looks... God, food and, food and anime looks so tasty. I think no. we need to have an episode just about our favorite animes that have food base. And yes, Food Wars will be a part of it. Oh, and yeah. Food Wars will make you uncomfortable. I'm going to warn you that right now. You've recommended it to me, and I've not... I never started it, so I need to do that. Um, <laughs> it's probably one of the weirdest... Yeah. You know how anime has to take everyday things and make it stand the hell way the hell out. Oh yeah, this definitely does that because it's it's food, all right. But really, it's what people how people react to food, and the standards when people react to food in this show. That's I think made it stand apart from literally every other cooking anything I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> well, I uh that'll be that'll have to be a future media club or we'll we'll do an episode on the on like you said on on anime food. I think I think be. I want to just watch the first episode with you. Like I feel like I need to be there with you for this one. <laughs> oh man, we might have to do a reaction uh thing. I think that would be fun. Um back to the task at hand. Calvin, we both love Brim. I'm not gonna lie about that. Ooh, because we're per- well Purdish knots. That yeah. was a crazy boss too. Like of all the things that like that engulfing of that. So, and here we see. Okay, so if you're watching along with the YouTube, you'll see kind of what happens here. Um, so basically, one thing we note we saw is that in this version of um, Madoka story, or rather Homer story for Madoka, she doesn't become a magical girl until like pretty much towards the end of the fight. In the earlier iterations, I guess, I guess she became one earlier on, and so she used her wish for really odd things, I guess, is the best way to put it. Not odd, but maybe not as in-depth. Yeah. And this time around, Homer invites her into her labyrinth to show her basically how she's been fucking up this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. And 
I think the way this ended was very poignant and also in the way it kind of continued is very poignant. I think I want to know your, your thoughts on that. Um, yeah. So the endings very interesting. Um, so I, I will say I just finished this anime, like not five minutes before we started recording this. Um, yeah, we had a really weird week where we just like I texted Calvin early. And I was like, "Hey, are we recording today?" <laughs> yeah, I was. I had been binging the show because I uh, we had a long weekend this weekend with uh, with the Fourth of July, and I did not get any uh, anime time in because um, I was doing a lot of drinking, and I wanted a fresh <laughs> mind when I watched the show. That's actually um, smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I think so. Um, yeah, I th- I think the ending is this kind of so do you do you take issue with this ending? Is that kind of what you're getting at? I wasn't supposed to was taking issue with it. It's one of those things where like it has a great ending for this particular chapter in Homer's life, but yet the story continues. Right. Yeah, I mean there's, you know, a, an infinite number of timelines where she didn't succeed and Earth presumably is gone and the race of cube whatever they're called i for, do they i forget do they mention it the name? i honestly don't remember okay yeah see it's stuff like this like that um <laughs> no you're right I, I you're right and i honestly forgot <laughs> how long ago did you watch this i forget Ooh, uh oh fuck that scene yeah um i would say maybe three or four years ago oh man it's super fresh in your mind that's that's impressive i mean the parts that stuck out to me were the parts that stuck out you know and those are the ones who are like maybe remember and go oh holy shit this thing is crazy like i recommended it just because i felt like i like <laughs> similar even though i didn't necessarily care for all the different layers of uh hell that went through on our last media club i do <laughs> yeah. like things that chain that are different than what you expect you know i've watched so you and i have both like you know you, you watch movies enough to when you know how everything's gonna go or you've watched or played games or watch anime or tv shows where you know when the climax is coming when the you know how everything's gonna go like you can kind of read into it and know like even the movies when we first started media club i didn't expect burning to go the way it did i Holy shit! Did I not expect Bernie to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess we kind of have a pattern on this show of of doing that of kind of you know watching a, a non-standard narrative. Um, that scene was fucking crazy too. Like when her magical when mommy gets her head eaten and her magical like armor like disappears and just lets her regular body hanging there. Fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. This show is just super heavy surprisingly i i mean i i thought it was going to be dark but i did not expect it to one be so graphic like that scene i think this is sataya um fucking things up and there's (laughs) cube getting getting murked super hard um i i didn't expect it to be that kind of of grim um but yeah, I I really enjoyed this series. Um, so I, I appreciate the recommendation, and and I guess I I didn't really answer your question about how I feel about the ending. Um, Do you want to explain the ending before you give your take on it? 
So I feel like I teased it quite a bit. Well, I, th- I thought we kind of outright said it, did we not? I that I think we did. Did we not? Okay. We didn't. Um, like with the actual specifics, we definitely didn't. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so in her millionth attempt um, at at uh, getting Madoka to to not become a magical girl, um, they they battle. Uh, what's what's his name again? Sorry. Oh. Uh, not Cubay, but yeah, the the main the main one. Oh well, Fergus not. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, so so uh, Madoka comes up with the ideas. Oh, so th- I think there was a, a point that we didn't discuss, but throughout the show, um, we we don't see Madoka t- take up the ability to be a magical girl until really the end. Um, come to find out, over over her dozens of attempts to get her to to do so, um, or over the the dozens of attempts to get her to not, um, Homura has like inadvertently made her stronger. And oh, um, that's right, because she's been like not denying, but every time she resets, it just kind of like. It, it kind of stacks her magical ability. It doesn't erase any of it. Right, yeah. Because there's some things that Homer can't erase in resetting. That's why she's able to stockpile weapons and have such a crazy amount of stockpile because she can not reset certain things and certain things she can't actually affect. I forgot the like the breakdown of what she can and can't touch. But yeah, that's a good point. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I just, I just thought that was really important before I, I continue on to kind of explain, because I, th- I think it is important to what the ending of the show is. Um, so so in this in this plane, um, Homura kind of she or I'm sorry, Madoka learns that um, Homura is just kind of like in this endless loop and she will never have reprieve. Um, and then Madoka comes up with the idea of becoming a magical girl and using her wish to basically get rid of all witches, magical girls, same thing, um, from every plane of existence. They're just completely gone. Um, and in doing so, she kind of becomes a god, I guess. She doesn't really have a body. Um, she basically becomes like the cosmic form of what her witch form would be. So she's the good version of Walpurgis Knot, protecting people from being able to create a Walpurgis Knot, which is a lot. Because even in the scene we see right here, we see different magical girls that were dying and becoming corrupt and turning to witches um, that she comes and basically rescues and takes away the ability for them to ever become one because that way they won't have to share that strife. And she basically just takes out all of their corruption and balances out all of it. Yeah, um, so the, the Magi never become witches. Um, <laughs> they fall into despair for whatever reason and Kubei still gets his his energy that his, his race or whatever um, require um and then so there's kind of a i don't know i like so for me the the scenes with um 
Sataya and going back to see the the boy playing violin like that just didn't like I don't know it didn't mean really do anything for me I don't know if it was supposed to I'm sure it was but I just I just kind of was laughing at her I mean I get it it's like a it's like a, a beautiful moment between friend like a last moment between friends because like she's gonna go on and but um not exist like in her body anymore um so yeah um so there's there's still these demons though right like yeah they've taken a different form now and it's weird because at the end you actually see uh excuse me homer hanging out with cube and their task is to go through essentially do what homer was doing before only now when you fight you don't create corruption so you there's no risk of you becoming the thing you're hunting yeah you're and never gonna be a people are still able to harvest whatever that energy is from the planet yeah um <laughs> it's really weird because even then like homer states you know no one knows what madoka did for them today but i know she exists and she's out there fighting with us even though i can't talk to her anymore but my friend is free and i'm free yeah the fight continues basically it's just a different kind of fight and then and i uh, was like that's a lot to wrap around <laughs> yeah no for real she's and you know madoka says keep it up to her i think that's like the last line of the show um yeah it's just yeah she transcended she transcends into a cosmic phenomenon called the law of cycles which appears to all magical girls the moment before they become witches and rescues them by taking them to a heavenly paradise. A new reality, which Homer is now the only one who remembers Madoka, is formed. And she continues fighting in the honor of Madoka. And that's literally, like, word for word, the end of the plot. Yeah. Um, I thought the show was great. Um, the ending, yeah, is is a lot to. I mean, this show is super complex. Like, it was way it more. <laughs> it was it was one of those I was trying to like watch it in the background while I was working, like with with because uh, they have it in English on Netflix, um, and the voice acting is is. I don't want to speak ill of the people that voice acted on the show, but it's just it's not great. Um, <laughs> the girls all kind of sound the same. Um, oh my gosh, it's won so many awards. Yeah, it's crazy how many awards the show's won. Um, but it, it was it was a show I couldn't really like. I at episode three, I was like, all right, this show needs my full attention. <laughs> um, yeah, once uh, once mommy died, so yeah, I, I thought the show was great. Um, I need to see that. Apparently, there's a movie like a side story movie that came out last year um, that I think we should maybe watch um, now that things are getting looser as far as requirements um with covid um so yeah any other thoughts on this zach honestly it's definitely one of the ones that i'm glad i watched but i only really require like you said before it's still rather fresh in my mind i only really require one watch through of it some of the ones i go back like the comfort food i mentioned before like cowboy bebop samurai shampoo this one which is a good ride i don't really need to go back to like remember things point for point and it's really weird how that is like even psychopaths like i watched it i watched the first just no i'm getting confused with darker than black i watched psychopaths no there's two seasons of psychopaths aren't there uh i think there's more than that i think there's a few i think there's like four are they really i think so i need to check i know about the first one i thought there was a second one 
Um, it looks like you go ahead. You can keep. Oh yeah, those are still super fresh in my mind. So if there are more seasons, I can pick that up and just get right back on it because that's a great show. Also, like it's why Minority Report meets anime meets like super corrupt society, and we can definitely get into that later on. But Psychopaths is another great like. It's on the dark, grayer side, sort of gothic noir, psychological thriller, but it's still a great show. Yeah, it reminds me of Minority Report in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know if you've seen that movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, we were both like 10 when it came out, but yes. Yeah, I remember that movie really fucking with me. Um, <laughs> that's funny. It's by Future it's Crimes like, Bureau. Yep. Yep. Um, there are three seasons of Psychopaths, so you have one I more. Think to I'm, yeah, I think I'm missing a season then. I need to go watch it. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix. Um, so yeah, that was uh, Puella Maggie Madoka Magica uh, season one. Um, if you liked it, let us know what you think um, when we post this in the comments on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and before we go, I guess I need to recommend something for us. Um, so I'm I, curious to see if there's anything that you could recommend that's actually like not psychological horror. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious funny. now. You've had two back-to-back movies that were badass. Like honestly, like those. I love Burning. I loved Parasite. Well, I'm glad you liked them. I'm really glad you liked them. Um, no, this is it's funny. Um, so it's by the same director. I was going to recommend one of his other movies that's a little more intense, but this one's a little more fun than his uh, his follow up. Um, so the movie I'm going to recommend, we're going to do a movie um, just because two hours is a lot easier to get done in two weeks than uh six hours um, yeah we need to start doing that for media club like making more like <laughs> single bites i think every, every once in a while we can we can do a, a a season of a show i don't mind i just i like to break it up too i don't, I don't want to do the same thing and i and i i do want to say i'm going to recommend uh some reading here um eventually because i do like to read and I it won't know. be it won't be standard stuff it'll be like manga or or graphic novels that are easy to read or quick to read um so anyways i'm going to recommend um the lobster um that sounds super familiar so it's by the director uh yorgos lanthimos he's like one of my favorite directors right now he's um he's done this he's done killing of a sacred deer um, he did the movie Alps. Uh, Dog Wait, isn't Tooth. the lobster the one where you have to figure out? What... Oh, you do know? Uh, yeah, I thought the I... preview for it actually, and that looked really interesting. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so so the basic plot. I don't I don't want to get into too much because it's it's very good and it's it's one of one of my favorite movies from this year um, that it came out. Um, and it's it's got a stacked cast. Um, it's got Colin it Farrell, awesome. Rachel Weisz. Olivia Coleman, one of my favorite actresses, John C. Riley, Ben Wishaw, um, who's kind of blown up since this movie came out. Um, but Can we also be- say how crazy it is? If you look at John C. Riley's like IMDb, he's been in so many more things than I thought, and he's able to like transition so well. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he is he is one of my favorites because he is like he's super funny, obviously, but his like serious work. Um, his little like indie movies that he does like this are he's like it becomes my favorite role that he's ever been in like like I love Step Brothers but like 
his performance in this, I think, almost almost beats it. Um, but basically, the the very simple plot of the movie. I don't want to get into too much because it's a very weird. Yorgos Lanthimos is a very weird uh, director, and <laughs> um, none of his movies are normal. Like, um, it, like if you his his well, probably his biggest movie wasn't Dogtooth. It was probably the favorite. Um, that was that was like a Oscar contender two years ago. Um, but basically the movie is, um, single people are given 45 days to find a romantic partner or they get turned into an animal and I will leave it at that. Yes. Um, the lobster yes. is available on Netflix. Um, so check it out. Um, and that's all I've got. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us once again. The media club episode of this podcast is for nerds. This podcast for nerds is brought to you by Calvin and me. <laughs> yes. I didn't plan that at all. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was a that was a beautiful little outro there. <laughs> Leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs>